Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Survivor Now podcast. The content is coming up shortly, but first we got to pay some bills. Okay, we are so excited to tell you guys about this great partnership we now have with our good friend Katie over at Katie Tedesco Art. Since 2015, Katie has been running the original Survivor fan shop where she creates Survivor trading cards, Survivor idol keychains, Big Brother keys, and more. We have been huge fans of hers ever since we started ordering our own items. We're huge fans of the Survivor trading cards. I even got my favorite, John Cochran. You can order them in packs, say an entire season, or you can also order your favorite Survivor Castaways cards in individual packs as well. The items come in a timely manner and are handled with care to make sure you, as a customer, are never disappointed. You can check out all of her cool work over at our Etsy site. The link is in our Instagram bio, so just head on over, let her know Survivor Now sent you, and give her a follow. You can find her on Insta, at Katie Tedesco Art. That's all one word, and that's Katie Tedesco, T-E-D-E-S-C-O, Art. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Survivor Now podcast. And today we are here to cover week two, episodes four through six for Survivor Australia, heroes versus villains. And let me just say, I have an incredible panel today to break all of this down, all of the drama. So first off, I am joined by someone she would literally take the slice of bread if it meant she got an advantage in the game. I am joined by Tegwith. Tegwith, how are you doing? I am doing so well. I'm super excited to be here and just super excited to talk about these episodes with you guys. And not only am I joined by Tegwith, I'm joined by the man who would take the chocolate cake and literally not care about it whatsoever. <laughs> I am joined by Abraham. Hey, look, I, hey, love Survivor. This is a great chance to talk to a previous player of Survivor. I got some backdoor tips. I want to see how your game was to bringing it over to the U.S. and see how it all kind of works out together. So I'm looking forward to this. You're trying to steal my thunder, Abraham, because we Never. also have a very special guest from the last season of Survivor Australia, Blood versus Water. She played with her dad. We are joined by Brianna Goodchild. How are you doing today, Brianna? Hello, hello. I'm very well. Very excited to be getting back into all things Survivor. It's been a minute. It's been a minute, and I mean, I don't know. I might be a little bit out of my depth today. I didn't make it into second week, so we'll see how I go analyzing it. Oh, I'm I'm excited. Well, you should be like, you're going to be really good at this because before we get into the survivor side of things, a lot has changed in your life since the last time we spoke. You've been all over the place and doing stuff for um, the great game of football. I know that yeah. for sure. Yeah, uh, correct <laughs> me. Um, what's the show called again? I, it's on the tip of my tongue. Dub Zone. Dub Zone. Dub so that's zone. covering our A-Leagues okay. here in Australia. And, yeah. I mean, your sister is literally playing basketball in Australia now, and you're doing stuff for that as well. So, like, just tell us what's been going on in your life as a whole because there's a lot that has changed. Oh, so much has changed. So I no longer live in the state of Queensland. I've moved down south to Sydney and you know, Sydney's been amazing. I move for work. So I work on the Today Show, which is the biggest like morning breakfast show um, news program in Australia. It's 
incredible to work on, but certainly no rest for the wicked. So all sorts of hours. One of the shifts I work is 1.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. And we just rotate through different things. Other shifts, 3 p.m. to like 2 a.m. So it just depends on what you're doing. So I did start work at 2.30 a.m. today. So you'll have to go easy on me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's been, it's been a hell of a day already. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And then so I've been doing that as a producer. So I actually, you know, it was, um, I think it was covered in my package. Like I actually work both in front and behind the camera. Um, that's all behind the camera work, pulling that show together, writing the news. I'm a journalist as well. Um, and then my front of camera stuff has a lot to do with sports. So you mentioned, yeah, I cover the football here in Australia. I also cover the rugby. I did the rugby sevens recently which was really exciting. So that was actually the World Rugby Series. Um, US did okay. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. did not we try our best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was really fun. That was a good weekend. And then I, of course, do um, the basketball as well. You mentioned my sister. Yeah, she plays. Um, so she's Duke alumni um, for all the States listeners listening. Yes, so she's come from over in North Carolina, back to Australia, moved to Melbourne for the Melbourne Boomers team. And currently they're seated number one on the ladder. So they're looking pretty good for finals playoffs. I mean, I cover our Sydney team um, and, you know, court announced and MC whenever we have games in town. And very exciting because next weekend um, my sister's playing our Sydney team. So I get to oh, yell okay. <laughs> the ball down and try to throw her off her shots. So, um, yeah, lots of fun stuff coming you're up not, and happening. You're not going to play dirty like that, are you? I already have. She's already played us before, and I'm like, defense. And her team is like, throwing shade while you're dribbling up. I'm like, okay, Sydney, let's get behind our flames, girls. You know, boo. Oh, my God. She probably she feeds into it. over my place. So, you know, she'll give me a hug at the end of the game. But until then, the rivals. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Well, thank you again for joining us. And we can't wait to hear, like, your opinions on this season so far, because yeah. it has been a wild season. Actually, mm -hmm. the first thing I want to get into here is this is another season. We have a bunch of returnees and then we have a bunch of newbies as well. And so this yeah. week we had to say goodbye to Rogue and Sarah, and we'll get into their eliminations here in a little bit. But what I want to talk about is if you count Jerry's kind of elimination, kind of his trade to the villain's tribe, so far, the six eliminations, the six vote-offs have been newbies. So I want to ask you guys your opinions on this. Why do we feel like the newbies so far in the game are just struggling? I'll start with Tegwith first. Uh, Tegwith, why do we think the newbies are not making these moves on these big players like a King George, like a Haley? What's going on here? I mean, I feel like it's kind of difficult. I mean, it's something, it's a whole new thing for everyone, like all of the newbies out there. So you're honestly, I feel like they're trying to find their footing, right? They're trying to figure out what is, which way's up, which way's down. And then people out here have played two, for Shawnee, three times, right? So they can hit the ground running. They know what they're doing. And so a lot of times I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you're maybe looking to people who have done this before to help you with things. And so I personally, you know, the people who helped me at work, you know, when I was new at my job, um, I was like, oh, thank you for helping me. Thank you for doing this. And you have like, you know, you're, you're it's a human game with human people. And so I feel like it's difficult to maybe turn the script, flip the script. And especially with these returnees, I mean, they know each other outside of the game, right? They maybe don't know each other super intimately, but they 
know of each other. They know their gameplay. They know what they can work with and what they can't. And so they have that, uh, whereas the newbies don't. And I feel like in a lot of these, you see just the newbies struggling. And I feel like it makes total sense to me. It stinks, but it makes total sense. I mean, Brianna, you were a newbie last season. You had these Uh, big returning players. I mean, you played with Mark right off the bat on your tribe, you know, a big time returning player. So is it kind of that feeling of, look, we got to turn to these people. We have to use their guidance to get farther in the game. But at the same time, you don't want to leave them in the game because they obviously know what they're doing and they can make it far. Yeah, so this was actually a major point Juicy Dave and I were discussing. We've been uh, watching via um, FaceTime calls Survivor episodes together. And look, I couldn't agree with you more, Tegwith, in terms of what you said. It is the way um, the way my dad and I see it, it's like cheating if you've played before. Like it literally is. Like you were coming in, I think Simon was chatting to my dad about it. He goes, it's honestly the biggest advantage you could ever have. Like it feels like cheating because you go in there and for a new player, a couple of things, and this is definitely my scenario. So, you know, I had Andy and, you know, Andy, the original snake, you know, he he was yeah. brilliant, but that, that was his reputation. And also Mark, and obviously Mark was just this hulking figure ended up winning the game. And, you know, that was, again, something Mark always said to me when we caught up on the outside world you know, post the fact as he said, oh man, if you ever played again, it'd be such a different story for you. It's, it's so much easier. And what, you know, it's like, you can't talk about how much experience that gives because him and Sam didn't do particularly well in their first seasons. That was something they knew coming into this one. And um, the season I played in heads where they, I think they did so outstandingly moving forward. So it is correct. What you said about we all survivor is a community. So you do all meet each other outside the show. You're actually all friends, despite what happened. And so there is such an advantage to people already knowing of you. And we see as well as this week unfolds, people earn this title of untrustworthy. And I think this is what happened to me as well. The second you try to do something, but you're new, you just get labeled as, oh, they're doing anything. Like it could be Ben just making a fake idol, trying to make friends, making a fake idol. And people are like, oh God, they're doing anything but sleeping and shutting up and listening to the bossy person. Get them out. Because people don't know you. You don't have this, right? Meanwhile, George can come through and do whatever the hell he bloody likes, stuff that no other new player could ever do. But because he's King George, people just go, oh, well, that's just George. So I do think it's a massive advantage to have played before because people give you grace and give you, like, the right to do things where if you're new, it's very rare anyone lets you do anything when you have these big seasons with all these returning players. Different when it's a season where everyone's a newbie. And I think that was the brains versus brawn sort of scenario where that's why we could see these sort of bigger stars maybe come to the forefront because there was less of that, um, you know, dynamic happening. Yeah. I mean, you brought up King George and I'll go to you, Abraham, because you were actually roommates with King George when you guys were in in Florida. And, and he keeps talking about how he doesn't think he's a villain and stuff. But King George just has this knack. He has this ability to get in with anybody on the tribe. We saw multiple people this week go up to him and like say, hey, let's work together. Whether that was Jordy going up to King George and saying, look, I don't really want to get stuck with Simon. For a second there, I thought he was going to reveal Simon's idol. I really thought he was going to, and it made me nervous. Um, But we saw Jordy go up. As soon as Jerry went over there, we saw them have a conversation. So King George just has this ability to get in with everyone. And that's why it's really hard to continue to watch people push for 
to get George out of the game. But the people who are pushing to get him out, a lot of the times these new players, Michael, you um, you look at a Michael, you look at Sarah this week, those players that are trying to get him out are the ones that end up getting voted out. So it, it's just like a tough situation of like King George is so good at this, but how can you continue to let this guy play the game? I think looking at King George, which is kind of funny, as a roommate, he's a great guy. And I'm watching him play the game of Survivor, and I'm like, who is this guy? Definitely you get an advantage by coming back playing again. So you definitely get – because you get a chance to go through the whole feeling of Survivor. Uh, like when we came and played and we all got to Fiji, we weren't enamored by a previous player. We were just enamored by the environment. We're actually playing the game of Survivor. So we're starstruck by the equipment, the people, the process. And then you got to say, okay, now this is really a game and I'm actually playing it. So it's kind of almost like you got to get up to speed where the returning players for Australia this year, they're coming back. They already know what to expect. Now, with that being said, they are voting out people that are playing the game first. And they're doing a good job of it. You know, even when we saw the vote out yesterday and they thought they were safe, but they were. But they're also playing both sides. They were trying to play both sides. So that may be their game, and it probably is going to work in the future. Hopefully they get to come back and play the game again. But right now it looks like the returning players are having a field day on some of the, the newbies, not everybody. We still got a lot of newbies left, and we're going to talk about some of the people that got voted out. I think Jerry's going to be an interesting survivor castaway moving forward because have they turned him to the dark side? You know, by sending them over to the tribe and, and the way they did it, they could have done it a lot better. That's probably going to be something that may come back to bite them. But it, it's I will say this. Uh, Juicy Dave, Brianna, y'all had the daughter, daughter, father teamwork <laughs> and dad lasted longer. You drug him into it, but he lasted yeah. longer. And but it was a it was a great season to see everybody come out there and play. I wish y'all yeah. got the joker. And I love Mark. I love Mark. I wish I still would have got Mark too. Oh man. I mean, you, you brought up Jerry there. That, that leads me to my next point. Like, let's just go ahead and talk about Jerry. And I I love him. I can't, no one's going to live up to juicy Dave, but I will say he's kind of the juicy Dave of this season for me. I just, I'm in love with this guy. And so this is something (laughs) that us and uh, us in the U S it's like one of the only issues we have with Australian survivor. And that is the non-elimination legs. A lot of times, you know, you want someone getting eliminated every episode. I thought they did this in a fantastic way. They let them know beforehand, which I was really shocked about. I was, I thought they were going to, cause spoiler alert. I knew it was a non-elimination because I have the interview schedule for the week. So I already knew mm-hmm. it, but I was shocked that, they told them before the votes. I thought they were going to wait till after and be like, well, you're not out of the game yet. Um, I, I thought that was good though. They knew what they were in it. They knew what they were doing. And it also brought up some interesting conversations. You had Paige right off the bat say, I want to go. And you had people sticking up for her. Like Sharni was like, that's a girl I trust. When JLP was like, how do you know she's not going to turn? Well, we know that because it's Paige and she's that trustworthy. And I thought this is a no brainer. She wants to go, let her go. And Sam was the one who kind of stood up and said, no, I want to send someone that we can afford to lose, which I cannot believe he said, 
He said the quiet that, part out loud. He should. He said the he, quiet part out yeah, loud. Yeah, exactly. I can't believe he said that because instantly I'm like, why would you say that? Because anyone you send over there now is going to have that in the back of their mind. Um, and tag with I. I know I went to you first last time, but I know you were a huge fan of Jerry heading into the season and I, evil Jerry might've been unlocked here. I, well, I think that the fact that, you know, he, he Sam really didn't have to say like, we have this, we're going to send somebody that we can afford to lose because I think in that situation, anybody who goes over there, even if Paige was the one that ended up going over there, putting that earworm, like putting that thought in somebody's brain is just like, I, I don't, they think they can just kick me out. I would be, I would be vindic- like vengeful if I, I got sent over there. Um, I thought it was, I also agree though. I really loved that they kind of introduced the fact that like, Hey, this is not going to be an elimination. Uh, I'm very curious to th- think or to hear what you guys think if, you think that changed? Like, do you think Benjamin actually was going to be the one that was voted out? Or do you think that Jerry was the one all along? Cause you know how editing can trick you in that way. Um, but I think that the way the villains just kind of opened their arms and were like, Hey, Jerry, I think they have a loyal number. Um, I think Jerry is, even if he does end up going back to the heroes. Uh, and I have a weird theory on that, that I probably shouldn't say. Cause I think it maybe paints me as, a weirdo. Um, so I'm not going to say it, but that's too, that's too juicy not to. <laughs> my theory is so dumb. My theory is that I think that Jerry is going to be the, like, I think there's going to be a swap and I think Jerry's going to be a captain because they said like, you're it's going back. Yeah. And I think like then, the yeah. Right. And I think, that he then is going to choose the new yellow tribe. Uh, and I think that Simon is going to be the captain of the villains because we still don't know what that idol thing mm. is. And there's no description. And I, if, I, if I'm wrong, please tell me, but I don't think anyone on the heroes has that thing. So my theory is it's a swap and those are the two captains, but no basis for that theory at all. <laughs> I, I don't think that's too far-fetched there. Really? I, I w- no, I, I, I... Survivor. No, I would like I'm to say to that that little circle thing is a mystery within the game itself because it has everybody thinking, what is that? What's going to happen? When can you use it? What can it be used for? I love Jerry. Jerry's 62, Jerry. 63 now, and he's out there playing Survivor, and he's actually one of the main stars right now. I do like the twist because that's the second twist we've had at the vote out. Um, during your season, they had some great twists as well. But saying that somebody's going to go over to the other tribe would have eliminated Ben automatically because Ben would come back as an actual, <laughs> he would have been a villain coming back. <laughs> and while Ben yeah, went over there, he yeah, definitely would come back turned. as a villain. And I think, George, I think the way they sent Jerry over may come back to bite him in the butt. But I think that Jerry was, the, I would have said Jerry too. He was already hurt. Um, he was the most likable person. If we lost somebody, for the challenges, we wouldn't have to worry about it. Because if you've been keeping track of who they've been sitting out in every challenge, you're gonna now you gotta sit out Jerry because Jerry got a bad ankle. But that's like in your season where we had the person with the bad back. Yeah. And so you kind of gotta try to work that in there as well. But just to see this unfold every week or every episode is an exciting episode to see what's gonna happen next. Who's going to be the next, what's the next twist? And I think that's something in U.S. Survivor is not as prevalent as it has been in previous seasons where you're kind of waiting to see the next episode to see what happens. 
I mean, I'll do you just... guys prefer it though? Like, do you feel sometimes there's too many twists in Australian Survivor? Because I'm almost sometimes like, ah, uh, like it almost feels like the producers have too much control sometimes. Where sometimes you just want people to get voted out because guess what? Nothing came to save them, and that's the game of Survivor. And I well, do I... think in Australian Survivor, we've seen a lot of people, frankly, get saved by producers. And if and best thing about it is, we all look at our Survivor. That's what we look at the most. And that's the one we'd be like, and that's the one we judge the most. For me, I love these challenges. And I love to see a twist that gives a player a second chance before you vote them out. But then they're going to come down and say, okay, it's double elimination. <laughs> so the part they missed the first time, they're going to get you on the second one and say, both of y'all got to go home or both two players got to go. So for us looking at it, because we haven't looked at all the previous seasons, it's exciting to see the twist and turns because we're comparing it all the time. I'm always looking at U.S. Survivor saying, you know what? I wish to add that challenge, or I think that would have been a good one. Or well, that was you know that was more my point, Abraham. Just uh, sorry to interrupt and go off of what you were saying here, but I think looking at the number of advantages that are in the game, the number of idols that are out there, the number of twists when it comes to tribal council and challenges, I think the reason that I do enjoy it so much, and other um, people in the U.S. might enjoy it so much, is because of how our game has changed. And I think especially with 41 and 43, how they have been, it's a welcome sight that these advantages really do seem to work a lot of the times. But I do agree with you, Brianna, that I do feel at times it's like, man, that person would have been gone if they did not get this. I keep thinking about, and it's it's going to be my next point here in a second. And Tegwith, I, I know you might want to add on to the number of advantages and stuff. But I, I keep thinking about King George. Fa finds this idol on what day two or three right off the bat and he's all like i've been searching for ages i'm like mate i have to do look one yeah <laughs> one time he went out there one time and he found it in the and and uh, he's pro he was probably out there hours or whatever but it, it sure. just i'm like this is an early idol to have in the game already and of course i think it was it's it's more like I'll just say, I want to meet King George. I want to meet him so much. He seems like a great dude, but I hate him in the game. I am like, I, which is awesome. He's a great villain in Survivor. I want to boo him. I'm like, he's yeah, someone you guy. love to hate. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And when he found that idol, which is what we need in Survivor, you need someone that you're like, please get out of the game. It was infuriating. I'm like, out of everyone who could have found it. George I had also to be the feel one. like it was just like casually on the floor. Like in my season, we had to dig up friggin' sticks from the sand and get it out of the tree. Like, there's this root that sticks out and it's there on the surface. I'm like, mm, very convenient, very convenient. I mean, with that as well, we continued to see George work alongside Haley as well. We saw it last week where he said, look at the roots, look in the roots. Uh, yeah. And this week when Jerry got sent over, you know, going back kind of to the Jerry point during the, the tribal or kind of the immunity idol challenge where they're trying to knock each other's immunity idols off. He goes over to Haley and he goes, do I work with Jerry or not? And Her or Haley, excuse me, goes, yes, yes, yes. So it's inter in interesting seeing this dynamic mm -hmm. Of the two wanting to work together, because I'll just put it out there. I did not see their first season. I have not watched it, but it's interesting to me that they still want to work together, even though Haley was the one that ultimately beat George the last time they played. That's a good save. Oh, I, 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 only, I want only to. for now. Well, Brianna, let me ask you a question. And this is in, mm -hmm. in relationship. You've already you met Nina during your season, and ah. you got Rogue that played 
this season, how would you handle that situation? Yeah, gosh, um, I was really proud of Nina speaking out when she did. Like, I know her quite personally. I visited her and obviously Queen Sandra when I saw my sister graduate um, in Durham. It was great. We had a big uh, North Carolina um, barbecue, which was cool. <laughs> um, good meat. It was tasty. Uh, yeah, so, and we get along quite well and everything. And look, Nina's a pretty straight shooter, but she's very smart and she's a real thinker. So she you know, um, isn't an open book. She's very calculated. So for her to come out and say that means it had seriously been playing on her mind for some time. And I do, like, I do agree that, you know, clearly Rogue wasn't in a great environment for herself. She did seem to be ruffled. I think, you know, whether it was some, like, ego questions or this idea of hero, she obviously had a very strong idea of what that meant and obviously that tidied with what she does for work. So I think... Clearly she just, yeah, was ruffled from day one and certainly didn't seem to know how to make people feel at ease. Um, I know. Frankly, it's, it sounded like she was pretty, just pretty on the nose about things. So I, I, I really did like when Nina sort of called it out because I do think behaviour like that does need to be called out because there's a difference between, you know, people just misinterpreting things or people being a little bit rough on the edges, yeah. Yeah, she came across, because uh, we, we have to go through a pretty extensive vetting process when we selected to be on the show we still have to go through some processes in order to be oh put my on gosh the show. don't worry they yeah they test bloody yeah. everything <laughs> they don't, they don't <laughs> just it is because it, we look at it and i'm pretty sure like the australian version of it is the u.s when you get the phone call you still have to go through an extensive process before oh, you actually allowed to be on the show health check every single mental check so many interviews so many of this so it is quite astounding when you see but it happens every season. I mean, there was certain people who I'll try not to mention names, but, you know, there was a couple of characters in our season who definitely um, caused a little bit of trouble and, have, you know, still got a bit damaged relationships for some of their behaviour. Um, and, you know, and they made it on. And then some people don't. And you do hear stories of people who were down at the final thing and then failed at certain tests and they don't get to come on. And you sort of sometimes you meet those people and you go, how did you not make it? But that person did. So... Yeah. Well, let, well, let's hold talk up. Ready? About That's funny, people. too. That's funny, too. I actually met a guy that was going to be on season 41 at uh, the same time I met George. Ah. I, had, I had no idea because I wasn't in the same type of casting situation. And I was like, and I looked at him and I looked at his personality. He would have been great for that season. So uh, go ahead, man. I'm sorry, Randy. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, well, let's talk about that first elimination that led to Rogue getting voted off. Uh, Tegwith, I'll go to you here. Um, this is something I rant about it all the time. Now we all are aware of the survivor gods in the game and they are real and they will make you pay. <laughs> and I am the biggest anti throwing a challenge person on this earth. I don't wow. think you should ever do it. I don't think there's ever a time to throw a challenge. Even if you have a super big, annoying character, we'll get her eventually. Let's just keep winning and we'll get her. Um, but Tegwith, I mean, they decide to throw the challenge here. That was the challenge where they had to hang upside down. Really cool challenge in very harsh elements. I mean, the water was going crazy. The wind was going crazy. We saw the heroes kind of dropping like flies and it came down the Sharni and Haley. And who knows how much longer Sharni could have gone because the villain still had like seven people up there, but Haley threw it here. You know, she knew they're down to two and 
she could have went, even the guys were like, if Haley was doing this by herself, she could go, she could beat everybody. Um, and she dropped. Was this the right decision? Because it, spoiler alert, <laughs> it led to them <laughs> losing again the very next challenge when they had all this momentum. So I, I've been waiting to ask you what you think about throwing challenges and was this the right choice? I personally don't love throwing challenges. I Now, I do think it makes for good television. Uh, I do think it makes for a little bit of intrigue. Um, but I'm usually like, it's very rare that you see a a tribe dominate throughout the entire pre-jury, right? It's You don't see that all the time. You go to tribal, at least, like you lose once. You, you'll lose a couple of times, right? Mm -hmm. So, so... So if you just look at the statistics of it, just wait it out. Like just wait <laughs> yeah. a little out a little bit. Like because it, you know, you know that that's that easy, easy person. But then you know, I also get wanting to rip off the bandaid, especially somebody like Haley who's won the game, who wants to just like you know, hit, like she doesn't love all the kumbaya. She just wants to hit the ground running. Um, and I get you know being antsy, but like I feel like you just got to rein that in. Obviously, I mean it worked for Haley. Um, because she broke that winner's curse and I'm very happy for her. Um, and I'm, you know, but I just am not someone who thinks, and especially in that kind of way, like if I'm Haley, I wouldn't throw it where I'm the one that is the one to drop, right? Mm. If it's your idea, if it's your brainchild, like maybe make it like so that you're the third one. Like you're, it's not so obvious because especially somebody who everyone is like, Oh yeah, sure. She's good to go. She'll it was be there very forever. obvious. That she threw, it, yeah. Very obvious. And I just, I don't know that could have gone the wrong way. Luckily for her, it didn't, but I just feel like it's way too risky. Um, and I'm usually a, a <laughs> do not throw challenges because it usually comes back to bite you in the butt kind of a person. <laughs> I mean, Brianna, would you ever throw a challenge? Like in that situation, you know, you've been winning, you've been winning. You just have Rogue who is just so annoying around camp and you're just tired of her. Would you throw that challenge or would you be like, no, we'll, we'll get her eventually? The sportswoman in me would never throw a challenge. It just goes <laughs> everything about competition, right? Like, and it is a thing of, you know, there's uh, like I'm someone who always will give my best to a default. So it just, you know, it, there is something that just sits uneasy with throwing a challenge just from a sheer sort of principles perspective. Also, bloody brazen. Like it just goes to show again this second time player, second time, well, you know, potentially in the running to win it twice, winner mentality. Mm. Are you willing to do that? Like how bold of her to come in knowing she's already won when previously there is the winner's curse. And then want to throw a challenge and head there anyway. So it obviously shows how confidence, even if she going, oh, a bit nervous, it shows a real confidence that she did not feel she was on the bottom. And actually, I wanted to touch on this before when we were talking about these returning players. Get them out. Get them out. I don't know why. Yes. It's like, oh, I'll, leave them. I'll leave them here. Yeah, leave them here. And then the second you bring up their name, watch them throw you under the bus like they've done the last friggin' six months. It's, it's crazy, like, too, because, like, crazy. we... Like, all you youngins who think you're going to work together with the big dogs, no, they're using <laughs> you as their shields, mate. Like, get them out. Team up, hey, get but, them out. Brianna, you're going to be returning. You're going to be a returning player. You going to tell them that? Right. <laughs> oh. I don't know. Oh, no. I'm like, get me out if I get back. Don't be <laughs> uh, well, I was, I was going to say that the returning. 
Oh yeah, go I ahead. I won't be a threat. I'll be like, I can only do slightly worse, guys. So like, <laughs> let me stay for like. I well, know, I was gonna say <laughs> the returning players are using each other's as as shields. That's been like the big theme this season. There's no excuse for the newbies. And and Sarah said this in the interview. She's like, we're going to them for their wisdom. What wisdom do you need? Whoa! Just survive. Like, I don't... <laughs> here's here's the funny part about Survivor. Survivor, get the bloody big players out. Like, honestly, this whole like, well, I'm going to work with George. No, George is going to work with you as his pawn. This That's is how the it's... next question I have for you guys. I'm going to oh. throw out this scenario for you, or kind of this um, who's this question about who the bigger threat is currently on the Heroes Tribe? Is it Haley and how she's been able to kind of survive the Winner's Curse? She has George on the other side that is giving her information, so she kind of has alliances on both sides. She's been able to bring Flick in for now, even though Flick was like. Haley is a part-time rental. I'll use her as an ally for now, and then I'm cutting her loose. Or is it Sean who is starting to be evil Sean? He found the immunity idol. He's been able to form this meaty alliance. I know everyone loves men-only alliances. It's the most popular thing in Survivor, and especially big meaty men. With They love it. And uh, <laughs> exactly. and he feels like yes. and he feels like he's in a great spot. And we all know how he is a challenger. So once he gets to individual immunity, he should be a threat to win them all. Um, so I'll I'll throw that out there. I'll start with Abraham, and I want to hear everyone's answers here. Bigger threat on the mm -hmm. heroes tribe is or is it someone else? Haley, Sean, or is it someone else over there? So here <laughs> think about Safari. You have extra hours now just to think about stuff. So here's my scenario. Sean's going to get voted out because he's going to misplay the idol and he's going to leak it to the wrong person that's going to leak it to somebody else and they're going to vote him out on the blind side. King George is going to bring Haley over. They're going to bring two more players with them each and then they're just going to start eliminating people because they're going to make them feel comfortable. King George should have been eliminated three times already. Haley should have been eliminated on the very first vote. And here's the thing about it is the editing is great this season because everybody's saying we want to eliminate those two players, but those two players still remain. And you're right. Throwing a challenge to get somebody out. I like to compete myself, so I'm going to compete to the end. But you also have 11 hours just to think about it because the editing only gets 45 minutes to an hour. You still got 11 of them. You got 23 more hours if you still love to just think about what you want to do. But I think that King George, if they make it to the merge, him and Haley going to team up and says, let's get it down to the final five. I say Jerry is somebody you can pull along with you. But Simon and him, the meat group, they're going to all get voted out. And I'm going to put Benji in there. I'll, I'll just add to your point. I am praying for a Stevie and um, Jerry alliance. I am really hoping those two just... So far, they're just everyone's kind of bossing those two around like, hey, you're a number for me. I really want those two older men to just get together and be like, you know what? We're taking control of this game. Uh, Brianna, I'll go to you next. Who's in a better position right now? Is it Haley or is it Sean? It's Haley, um, definitely, because I, I agree definitely with what Abraham's saying is. And it sort of kills me a little bit. And Mark somehow was able to navigate this. But typically, like, Sean's definitely, like, more or less winning it for the um, Heroes Tribe a lot. And he's playing really great. And I'm kind of, you know what, I'm rooting for him because he's come into play. And I respect players who do want to do things and not just coast through. So I'm enjoying the game. 
But the truth is the longer Haley stays there, she is just going to sit back, let Sean do whatever, and, yeah, Sean's going to go. Like, it's just he's going to miss one, whether he makes it to merge and it's individual immunity. It's going to be that classic thing. So he's got to look at how Dave, um, Jeanette did it or, you know, Mark. They're really the two that sort of somehow managed to break that. But he's playing mm. against Haley, who she's just a mastermind. She is sort of somehow so unassuming at the same time, which is just crazy. And this is the thing. It's like, guys, she's won before. And if you think about casting, to me it feels like Australian Survivor is pushing for a second-time winner so we have our own queen so we can do a bit more with the US. So for me I feel like producers are going to do what they can to put Haley in positions where she might stumble across things and potentially get lucky with a few advantages. So I feel like Haley's protected from producers, A, and B, she's now just slipped under the radar because they didn't vote her off first out, you know. She's going to let, oh, big strong men do what big strong men do. And then, yeah. And then she's working with George. Same. George is in the absolute same boat. Simon, I reckon worst thing Simon could have done is told Geordie he has that because Geordie's the least trustworthy person ever. Yeah. Sorry, Geordie. Yeah. So yeah. And he already basically threw the whole fact that Simon had an idol in the first damn tribal they went to after that revelation. So worst thing Simon could have done is open up to Geordie about that. Because Simon's lost all power, whereas if he had that, you know, you'd hope he'd use it properly this time. But I think for Simon and for Sean, it's sort of like unless they can literally get everyone together to turn on the the, the bigger pass players, because they're you know they're the pass players that just sort of didn't quite make it last time, where they're playing against two people who were like mm. at the final end in the same season. They need to they need to turn on those ones. Otherwise, bye bye. Tag with no love for Sean here. Nobody is given any love. I mean, I, I, I'll i just say Sean is is surprising me because we all know he's great at challenges and stuff, but he seems like at the moment he is getting on the strategic side of things, which is sometimes what can hurt like an Aussie or a Joe or a Malcolm or something. They focus on the challenge part, but the strategy part, not always quite there. So are you going to give any love to Sean or is it, it, do you agree Haley is in a way better position? Well, I will say, I think that, you know, the thing that you can't forget is the fact that, I mean, if I were on a tribe with Sean, you see the wide shot (laughs) of the tribe and it's just like, the normal people and then Sean is like two humans stacked on top of each other. Like he is literally a presence. He's almost like Jonathan, you know, just so big um, that it's hard to forget how big of a presence he is. You know, every single time I see those white shots, I'm just like, gosh, how tall is this guy? <laughs> um, and so I think that kind of a thing is super hard to maneuver around. Now you did say, you know, Brianna brought up a great point. Mark did a great job about that. Uh, but and he, you I, know, he Mark said his part of his strategy was he sat down in the water as long as he could, and he did, and he just he would not stand up, or if he did, he would always be like he. So again, Mark knew this because he took that from last time playing. And so there is like a way to do it, right? There is definitely a way to do it, but. I, I don't know. I think that's a hard thing that you just have to be very conscious of all of the time. And so I also have a I also have a theory that if you feel like you're too far ahead, that's when you're easiest to be like hit with that red shell shell in Mario Kart, you know, or the green shell or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> because, you know, you're such like I feel like he, he has his idol. He feels like he's in a great position. And I think that's when things happen to people. And so while I feel like he is playing strategically, in, in a way, I feel like 
it's it's almost lining up too well um, for him. And I just think that Haley has a way to, she has the gift of the gab, right? She can like duck and weave and she has people who shouldn't trust her are working with her. Um, and I think that it's very indicative of a really good gameplay. Um, and I, it's almost similar to when I was first watching Heroes versus Villains with Sandra. And I was like, how are they letting Sandra go so far? Sandra um, all challenges. And, and you know, how are they letting her? And it and she was able to do it and she pulled it out of the hat, right? So I think that there's a lot to say for the gift of the gab and for being able to just kind of bob and weave your way. And I think that Haley is doing it pretty well. Um, and I'm really stoked to see how far she can make it. Uh, uh, I, oh, go ahead, Abraham. Randy, you, you brought up Stevie. I think Stevie is, is an interesting player, but I think he's going to self-destruct. Because he doesn't really pick a side. He kind of goes with the flow. And then at some point in the game of Survivor, those players get voted out because they're they're no longer useful. So we're going to see them kind of fall to the wayside. I take it like a, uh, the Joker's uh, brother, how he mm. got voted out and got manipulated. And you're like, how in the world did that happen? It's your brother. But he he's going to be gone. So I think the Joker, I'm going to say Jerry lasts longer than Stevie lasts. Yeah, uh, I think Jerry's also like, um, not Jerry. I think Stevie isn't the strategist that potentially, you know, some people might give him credit for. I, I do feel like, yeah, he'll he'll he will go sort of as um as a default almost, or like as a bit of casualty in some other move. Jerry, I think, could be uh, a pivotal part in someone's game, though. Like, I think he goes oh, back yeah, to yeah. the Heroes Tribe, which we don't know exactly how that's going to go down. Maybe it's the uh, Captain way that you were saying tag with where they're going to use it to swap the tribes up. <laughs> uh, but I do think we saw Sharni really struggle with the fact that they voted him out and, and she knew he was devastated about it. And it was tough watching him walk away. And he was like, I'm just an old man. And it was like, you know, that, you know, <laughs> that tore him up and that really hurt. Um, but I, I, I'm interested to see those two work together Kind of because Sharni is my winner pick. So like I really need Ooh, we got it. We got look, Brianna, we got to check it because Randy is the worst winner pick ever. No, Did you pick know. me? Yeah, Randy? you were you were no, my winner no, pick. Yeah. No, Brianna was my winner pick. Yeah. Well, I mean, you I don't have pick a winner. real life winner. Come you, on. <laughs> you, <laughs> was, <laughs> you was like a firecracker. You was setting everything on fire. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, she I love it. She was the entertainment. Let me just say. I was yeah, devastated when Brianna got voted out. Two episodes of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, oh she about God. to set it. She's going to fit it all on fire. She's going to burn we have to talk set. about. We have to talk about some of these wild reward challenges. Because I'm just... Uh, or kind of the wild rewards that happened this week, because first off I'm in love with the reward challenges. I wish I like that. They have them like every single episode, uh, something they used to do in the U S where we would have the reward challenge and then the immunity challenge. And they're giving them some awesome rewards. Uh, the reward that they got in episode six this week was a homemaking kit, which I think is one of the biggest rewards you could win in survivor to really build up your shelter, which the heroes won, so they got to take the Taj Mahal and make it even greater. So I wish I could sleep on that shelter because compared to Survivor Shelters, it's one of the best that I've seen. Um, but I will say, I want to talk about this first reward challenge they had this week. It was during the field goal. I called it the field goal challenge. It was rugby, was basically. And um, they got a pizza party, but the pizzas <laughs> were frozen, which I That's never so thought... Funny. 
it was like a joke. The producers are like, hey, let's just give them frozen pizzas and then that see was what they brutal. do. brutal. They can't cook Bullies. them or anything. So they you ended up just eating you them frozen. Them. The, I, How are you going to cook them? You you figure it out. Put put two pieces of stick on the ground on some fire. You figure it out. Put it on hot rocks. But here's what's the interesting thing. I don't know if it's indicative of Australian Survivor, but they're the pickiest reward people ever. It's iconic. It is iconic. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we, because we they got like, the bakery. They had the bakery goods, and who was it? It was Liz. She was like pointing out. She's like, is that oh, is that ciabatta really. or sourdough? I've already used it as a TikTok sound. I'm obsessed <laughs> with giant, it. It is that? iconic. And Shawnee and Shawnee was like, is there balsamic glaze? Iconic. Like, you know, one night we ate a crab leg, one crab leg. We <laughs> didn't have no, we didn't have any dipping butter or we didn't have any bread to go with it. We was happy to get that one crab leg. Um, or, they're, not, but, they're not waiting long enough to get a reward. I mean, they're all like, oh my gosh. I'm like, gosh, you got to go 10 minutes without your I last. No, they just had a big <laughs> jar of cookies. You want some more bread too? Jeez Louise. Sugar <laughs> is, sugar is the worst thing in Survivor. <laughs> I mean, was it was it too cruel though to give them frozen pizza? Or was this kind of it was funny? Like, I mean, they still they still I, ate it. They still got I'm the top. So and it was look, it's a vibe, but they were all right. <laughs> look, eat that pizza, you'd be okay. It was pretty it's, funny TV. I mean, I think funny. it would stink to be there, but it was pretty funny TV. Yeah, it was but good it, TV. I enjoyed it. And then I we have to have a boring pizza challenge. Now it's iconic. Yeah, well, exactly. now we have to talk about the other reward that that happened, which was the baked goods. And that was a very interesting twist where they had a scroll. They had to read the scroll right away. And it was um, it was Sam. Sam had to read the scroll and the scroll <laughs> yeah. basically said, if you're reading this, you have to choose what who gets what. And this was really interesting because it plays in, you know, even though you're trying to make it fair for everybody and you might be looking out to who needs to eat and who doesn't need to eat quite as much or whatever, it's still going to play into the strategy. It's still going, these people are going to look at why did I get this when this person got this? He gave David the giant cake and Sean was kind of upset about it. I thought for the most part, Sam picked really well. Because I'm like, if he doesn't give himself the smallest reward, he has failed this. Well, now, hold like, up. Hold up. Hold up. Brianna, would you eat that slice of bread? If you were no. choosing. <laughs> what was it? The gluten-free toast? <laughs> That's so yeah, glu gluten-free gluten toast. Yeah, I mean, oh, well, look, to be honest, I did lose, like, a lot of weight on the show. So, yeah, I suppose. Like, I would have just had to. No, and look, it's true. You have to in that scenario, like, you're setting yourself up for failure if you because who are you going to give that to otherwise? You've either got to give it to your absolute bestie and then have a laugh or you have to have it yourself. Tagwith, how would you have handled that? Because I thought he I thought he handled it pretty good for the most part. Yeah, I feel like there's it's a hard thing. It's a, it's a, you're kind of a you know, it's a hard I now let me just say I'm a sucker for a tribe dynamic kind of thing. The coconut chop like back in the day with the votes that is one of my favorite challenges that survivor has will has ever done or will ever do. So I'm a sucker for tribe dynamics because I think it opens a lot of wounds and I think it shows a lot of really great things. Um, I think he played it as well as he could have. Uh, I think Sean was mad that he didn't get the cake, which I'm not going to lie. I don't know if on an empty stomach, I want to eat a giant chocolate cake, but you know, no, I have never okay. been that. that. That says a lot about Sean. The fact that Sean's like, why did I get the giant? Yeah. Cake? It does. Hey, why, it does. Why, why should you, Sean? Like, you know. <laughs> just because you're the horse? Know. 
Just because yeah. you're the horse, you got a giant cake? <laughs> you, the, yeah, the tallest guy, I feel like, thinks that he needs the biggest cake. But I just feel like, you know, he, he did it as well as he could have. It stinks, and it was a, you know, stinky situation. And, you know, I think, he, how, how else are you going to play that than give yourself the gluten-free toast and try to play, your, play yourself in a good way? Can I just say, though, if this was on the Villains Tribe, this exact same reward, and George was the one who was reading it, i tell you this much for free. <laughs> George would not have had the gluten-free toast. No. Oh, never. No, never. He, he's taking the cake. Yeah. Even well, if you go you back think? to the... And, and, and you know what? And then everyone else would have been like, yeah, sure, yeah, let's go out, you know, Sarah. And he would have sat there eating his cake, letting people wash his feet as, you know, he's given whoever, like... Wouldn't have had any problem with it whatsoever. Who do you think, who yeah. do you guys think would have gotten the gluten-free toast? George's Villains Simon. Tribe? Simon. Simon. I think it's Simon, too. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Simon. Simon would be like, oh, ha, 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 like you know, be like, but I hate George. But yeah, but would pretend to be cool with it. Now there was a vote that happened early on where they had a chance not to vote, and they said, okay, we're gonna vote. We're gonna vote out. The very first vote was like, we're just gonna vote you out. They didn't have to vote that time. They could have kept the player because the, the villain's been losing every immunity challenge. So. And they still voted a player out. So they're playing like true villains. That was yeah, an interesting thing. That was, um, Randy, I'm pretty sure in your interview, didn't uh, uh, Anjali say that she was the one that wanted people to vote? No one else wanted to vote anyone out, but Anjali was oh. like the leading. She's like, yes, we need to vote someone out. I was stopped what? in my tracks when I heard that. that. I would have not been the same. I would have been, I figure like the more comfortable you think you are, the least. <laughs> so like, yeah, come on, let's vote. That's when you grab yourself and go, no. I think maybe maybe I'm going too much into this as like a dumb move, but I think it's up there for one of the dumbest moves in Survivor. I know it's so early on, so a lot of people are going to argue in terms of the game, it really doesn't affect anything. So how can it be one of the dumbest moves? The fact that you could have potentially been down three players. You did not have to vote anyone out. You could go home, enjoy the rest of your night off, and you still chose to vote someone off. It just, it blew my mind. I was up screaming at the TV. I was too. Because Anytime I was like, you you, you've got to be kidding me. This is so stupid. A lot yeah. about the villain dynamic, which is going to be their downfall as a tribe, hence why they're sort of already imploding, is that it's so every man for themselves. There's mm -hmm. not a lot of cohesion. There's big dogs trying to bark louder. And the whole fact that, like, yeah, just the whole fact they wanted to vote someone out doesn't show that they're wanting to play as a team. It's showing that everyone's wanting to mark their territory. But I also must add, I will add this as well, and it gave me some good closure. I'm not entirely convinced that, TV personnel or people make good Survivor um, content because <laughs> I myself didn't do too well for just being who I am and being a bit confident. And then we had, you know, um, Miss CNN go first shop and she's obviously mm. someone who's done really important stuff in life and, you know, TV is no rest for the wicked. It's very cutthroat. It's you've got to be on your game and people do come down at you and you have to fight to stay where you are or, and excel. Um and then, you know, her and then followed by Michael, the next journalist, gone straight like that. So I do have a thing that like, and that's why I don't know if I'll ever play again or not because I'm not convinced I'd do particularly well. It's like you have to be very 
productive when you work in this line. You've got to be quite, you've got to get things done. You don't have time for, you know, wasting time or stuffing around. So I feel like that personality isn't very conducive to survival where there actually is a lot of sitting around and you've got to be soft and you've got to go, especially in Australia, you've got to go under this radar thing and like you're not allowed to be too confident. You're not allowed to be sure of yourself. And it's like we come from an industry where you have to get like there's no time to even question any of that jazz. Yeah, get right to it basically. I was going to mm-hmm. say it was not a great showing for the journalists this year. The, yeah. the, last, the last challenge moment that I wanted to touch on, I thought this was so cool. It was the last immunity challenge, uh, a super close challenge that came right down to the wire. And I have to shout out Ben here, who decided the best way to do it to try to hide it from the villain tribe is he was going to start signing the letters to Paige. It's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. This is what's so great about Survivor. And when people ask me, you know, what keeps drawing you back to it? You know, not only Survivor US, but you watch Survivor Australia, Survivor South Africa. The great thing about it is it's one of those shows that it can go on for years and years and years. And there's always something that's going to happen that you're like, I have never seen that before. And it was so cool. And actually during my interview with Sarah, she said she was sad that she didn't pick up on it because her Mm. mother is an interpreter. And she taught her sign language. So she knows all of it. And she's like, if she just looked to her right and saw him making the sign, she would have been able to, pick up on what he was saying. So I just had to shout that out. I didn't know if any of you guys wanted to add to that, but I thought that was such a cool moment and absolutely brilliant when it came to doing it during a challenge. I think one of the things is we get a chance to see what happens during tribe. Cause you never, you know, they had to be talking about that at tribe when they're talking about each other and their families and to be able to bring it into a challenge and win the challenge. I think it's kind of cool because the editing never really gives you a full picture of what happens at camp. And a lot of people want to say, OK, what really happens at camp? We're, we're there talking to each other. We're talking about our families because uh, I want to ask you, Brianna. I know in pregame for us, we couldn't talk to each other, but we also didn't have any electronic devices, anything like that in preparation to go into the game. Was that the same way for Australian Survivor? Yeah, exactly the same. And when we did it, too. So we were just coming out of like a COVID lockdown. So we were always, we were separated and whenever we had to travel somewhere and we would be with other, we were blindfolded and masked up. So oh, we were wow. like, that much, we had no, we actually was like, we may as well be hooded. Um, it was that intense because we literally were blindfolded and that and you weren't allowed to talk at all. Um, so there was no fraternization before the show started and you had no devices. You didn't even have alarms. You just have people all of a sudden knock on your door and wake up and you have to have your curtains drawn and everything. So it was very hostage situation until the game started. <laughs> it's a hostage. Yeah. We can Honestly, well, you covered your whole face. <laughs> yeah. We, we, you know, and I think that, you know, you get a chance, like we were saying, you get, they kind of strip you down before you go to the game. And there, I don't know if we could talk about it for hours, but there's an interesting thing they did to us to get us ready for the game. But once you get into the game, it's only you and, the, and your castaways, and it's 24 hours. And it's always somebody up, somebody always talking. Yeah. Um, they always seem like they make it seem like there's strategy and everything else. But once you stop talking about strategy, that's where when we saw the actual sign languages between Flick, who is somebody entirely different from Ben, like, oh, you're oh, talking. You're you're talking page, page. I'm ben. sorry, page, page, and Ben. You know, from two different environments, but something common between them got a chance to be utilized, and it got a win. 
you know, the villains were cheating as they should have, uh, but they took a loss. <laughs> it's so funny having the villain dynamic, isn't it? Like, it's actually yeah. such TV because they're all a bunch of rap bags, but like, rightly so. And you'd be disappointed if they weren't. So, like, it is a totally different, like, tribe dynamic, tribe, you know, goals, player goals, <laughs> but it works so well. It's just like that whole thing. Like, the heroes would have never gone to vote, but the villains are like, yeah, like, yeah. I love it. Yeah, did you have anything already... Well, I just was like, I, I thought, well, the, the page thing was, I think, very, very cool. Um, uh, Ryan, actually, my boyfriend has a theory that maybe Paige is the winner um, because of the last episode. A lot of things were kind of shown, you know, it was interesting how Paige was being shown and about her grandmother and that whole moment and um, all that stuff. So, but I just thought that that was so, you know, great that's that's one of the things about that i love about survivor you you get to know these people and then your knowledge of these people and your teamwork with these people really helps you know move you forward like i like i always say if i'm ever a survivor i was a cheerleader for 10 years the first thing that we're doing on those on those beaches is i'm helping people do stunts so that you can reach reach high because it's easier to like have a level ground if you're actually stunting properly right so you learn about these things you but you learn about these people you do things and it tra- and translates well into the challenges and obviously it really paid off and I, I i thought it was a great challenge number one having something that close was just i'm pretty sure i jumped up off the couch and like screamed when it was over it was so good and then also just the camaraderie afterwards i loved you know it was so close and then the people up top gave each other hugs you know and that was just like you heroes versus villains right you wouldn't think that they would do that and they did that and it was just i thought it was a really great challenge um, and I think these three episodes were just also so good. I thought they were really great television and I really enjoyed watching all of them. Before we get to kind of our closing topics here and make sure we didn't miss anything, we're going to have to say goodbye to Brianna here in a couple minutes. But the last thing I wanted to ask you, Brianna, one, mm. do you have a winner pick? Mm. And then two... Is there anyone you're personally, they might not be your winner pick, but is there anyone you really want to see make it to the end of the game? Look, I've met Simon a couple of times in real life and he's actually so lovely. Um, So I would love to, for him to go far because especially like, you know, he left his season with two idols in his pocket that he didn't play well. Like that's hurt. That hurts. That haunts you. Um, it seems to have haunted him, hence why he's back. And he's obviously got a bit of a dream there, but he's actually such a lovely guy, so friendly and nice. Um, so I hope he does well. Uh, winner pick. Hmm. And, like, are we saying, like, who I want to win or who I think's going to win? Who you think's going to oh. win. And oh. I don't know how much information you have here, but you can you can say whoever you think's going to oh, win. I'm actually, I purposely, like, I want to keep the surprise alive. So I'm I'm not really in the loop of whatever um okay look to be honest i'm sort of just enjoying the ride i haven't thought too much about who uh, you know about like the real end thing because i'm just trying to go along with it um would love to see nina win that would just be such a cute narrative she's also fantastic um love her as well and she's got everything it takes i think so she'd be a great winner however i do (laughs) feel like um, a two-time winner from Australia sort of evens the field between the US and Australia um, a bit, and I feel like that makes for good moves in future seasons. So I feel like potentially that's what the producers are pushing forward for, and I feel like 
I wouldn't be surprised if that's how everything pans out. But so many options. Like you said, Paige, I was like, when you're saying that, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. So, look, really, there's a lot of talent on these tribes and I wouldn't be too shocked if half the people on there take out the win. Well, Abraham Tegwit, do you guys have anything else to say to Brianna before we let her go here? I know you, you'd you rather stay and talk Survivor with us, but you got to get going. But is there anything else you guys want to add? I can't wait to come over to Australia so we can do our finale show from Australia. Um, that guy Randy up there, he's in my left-hand corner. Uh, he puts all this together. So it's great talking to you. It's always fun talking to somebody that played Survivor from a whole different other country. Uh, we get to talk to the South African players that play Survivor. So this is I always a special Survivor moment. Survivor South Africa, that's literally next level. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's super great. They're, 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 it's all, every version of Survivor has its own thing. And yeah. looking at South Africa, because naturally you're going to compare it to your season because it was mm-hmm. right after. And, but it's, it's just so much, so much fun. And then talking to the actual castaways, you know, getting a chance to talk to you behind the scenes. Um, what's funny is that the ones that we think are villains to each other on the show are the best of friends once the show ends. <laughs> and, you know, it'd be like, no, no, we, we're friends. I talk to them every day or every other day or something. Cause it's like, I think we're at a year and a half and I talked to pretty much our cast, most of the cast during the course of a month. Um, and it's just a pleasure. So it's been a pleasure speaking to you, meeting you. So I look forward to talking to you next time. Yeah, yeah. looking forward to it. I just want to say, Brianna, it was so great to talk to you. I was a huge fan of yours. Your season was oh. the first Australian season that I <laughs> season that I watched live. Uh, I was gutted, probably not as gutted as you, but when you got were voted out, I was oh. real upset. I was uh, but super excited to talk about uh, you know the last couple episodes with you. Um, so stoked about it. Such a pleasure. So thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, that has made my day. Thank you. Thanks for being a fan. And look, guys, you guys are fabulous. So loving all the analysis, loving what you're bringing to this. It's absolutely bloody brilliant. Um, and it's with a heavy heart. I say goodbye now. Um, uh, thank <laughs> you for joining us again. You have to say hi to the family for me. Oh, yes. Regards. And uh, Juicy Dave's watching this season. He's got his own theory, so you'll have to get him on for sure. <laughs> for he, sure. he loved it too. He went to the the watch party that Simon threw together in Queensland. It was quite the shindig. So he, he'll have plenty of stories. He he probably has better insights than me um, on how things are panning out. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> we would we, we got to get him on at some point. But Brianna, we'll let you go. Thank you so much again. Thank and you until so much. next time, we'd love to have you join us again. Yeah, I'll see you guys again. See you now. <laughs> Man, I mean, I love Brianna. Love. So cool. I don't know how you can top Brianna. So we just have a few other things to to go over here. Um, first off, it, you never know who's going to be on Survivor now. Never. But I do want to go ahead and let's cover Nina. You know, Brianna brought her up and we really haven't spoke about Nina at all this episode. And that's because I don't think it's. has to do with i don't think it has to do with the purple edit or anything like that um but she's kind of been a little quiet this season there is one thing i'm sorry nina i have to throw it out as an analyst i have to cover the good and the bad what she has sat a lot of challenges this year (laughs) and her mom (laughs) was known for sitting challenges and she has sat a lot of them so that's all i'll say 
And I know she's going to be like, well, when you have Sean in your team, you're going to be sitting. Exactly. So I, I say, take that bench. Who cares? You're still in the I game. Mean, her, her mom like holds the record. So I don't know if she's trying As to she compete should. here, but go ahead. Tech with, I mean, what are we seeing from Nina this season? What's her position in the game? Because she, I think her best path path forward is to get with flick. And I really want flick to go to the very end, but I think flick and Nina could be a very dangerous duo in this game. I, well, I think that, let me just say, first and foremost, I think especially from the very limited uh, exposure I've had to Australian Survivor in the past couple of years, I've noticed that the people who had the bigger personalities in the beginning of the season, uh, pre-jury, kind of really didn't, you know, make it past the jury. Um for example, from the first season with Sam, I forget. I think her name was, I think her flick, I think was a different flick. Yeah. Uh, what really big character didn't make it to the jury. Um, so I personally think it's a good sign that Nina is kind of on the back burner right now as in terms of edit, because I think they're saving it for later. So I personally think that's a good thing in terms of how she, you know, how I see it going forward. But also I think that what we have seen of her has just been amazing. There was a moment, I forget who she was talking with, but somebody at the water well and she, they were talking with Ben, right? And then Ben walks away and Nina's like, yeah, we're not doing yeah, that. Wait, this exactly, is what we're doing. Yes. And everyone was like, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll do that. And then they kind of, you know, went forward and they showed Haley kind of, you know, like whipping the votes or whatever. But I think that Nina's like, um, yeah, no, that's not happening. Uh, kind of a thing. <laughs> Let's do this. Is, yeah. Just shows kind of the power that she has over. I, I personally see, you know, her voice kind of turning the tides on things. Uh, maybe it's not that hard because maybe they didn't actually want to, you know, do what Ben wanted to do, but I just think that she's in a pretty good position. Uh, and I personally think that her maybe not being so focused right now in the edit is a good sign for her long-term game. I mean, it might be like, Abraham. I mean, you guys are a little biased cause you have, I'm very biased. Yeah. I'm well, incredibly biased. Yeah. Meeting Nina in person, Nina could do a challenge, you know, but again, what's a good strategy? You know, because the challenges are brutal. So we don't see the after effects of the challenges. So I think if it's a strategy for her to not do a challenge, hey, by all means, don't do it. But it, it, it's going to be the editing for this season is very interesting. Like for Mimi, there was a time that I didn't think she was even on the try based off the editing. You just didn't see them. So there are players that we haven't even seen or haven't really gotten to edit it where it's like my a, winner pick. You barely seen her. Yeah, and then next thing you know, they pop up. So I think the way they edit their show is when you're starting to get momentum or it's time to shift, that's when you start saying, oh. Because usually in U.S. Survivor, if you on that first couple of episodes, I mean, the first couple of clips when the show start, you're getting voted out. We already know. Oh, oh, you got that You got that edit. You're about to get the vote out. Or you're going to be one that almost got voted out. But you, the edit shows we're here. Mm -hmm. The edit gives away any. They don't give away anything. Like, I didn't even think um, who got voted out last time. I didn't even think Sarah, I didn't see that coming. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah came out of nowhere, kind of. Yeah. I didn't see that majority coming. I, I thought it was going to be a half and half. That full tribe unanimous vote on Sarah <laughs> blindsided me. Well, I'll just yeah, say the, the next thing I was going to ask is like if I miss anything, but I'm happy we brought that up and you brought, you started this conversation, Abraham, because that's such a bad move by, I believe, Simon's part because she was a number and i understand when you're on the island you don't know who she's referring to but she's like 
when JLP asked her about kind of loyalty and trust, she's like, I'm going to prove my loyalty tonight. And that just, if I was Simon, I, I would hear that and be like, okay, I just got to put my faith in her because Sarah could have been used as a number to help you get George out. He did not play his idol. So that was the perfect time to get George out. I know no one knows about it, but it it was an opportunity to get George out. And Simon just continues to cut these people who could help him make these big moves. He just continues to cut them loose. And it's going to get to the point where Simon doesn't have the numbers because he just eliminated all the people he could have used to make these big moves he wants to make. Well, he became fractured when Jordy went over to when the Joker went over to the King that your, your, your alliance is fractured because now he's trying to play both sides. So at the end of this right here, we're going to see what side he actually falls on. But ultimately speaking, we we didn't see who was going to get voted out to almost the last 15 minutes mm-hmm. of the show. It was like, oh, the last 15 minutes? Oh, wait a minute. How did they become on the radar? And they're right. Brianna said, all the returning players got an upper hand, and they're playing it. All the players that are coming back have been still in the game or been a part of a vote out. Mm-hmm. And, they've, and they've had no votes on them. But the edit shows that everybody's concerned about King George or everybody's concerned about Haley. But nobody's voting them out. Benjamin was supposed to be the person voted out for the trade-off when Jerry went to the old try. Because I understand why you would change that vote. Benjamin would have came back as a villain. He would have undermined everything. But Jerry, okay. The way you send them all would have been better. So it's kind of interesting to see how everything unfolds. The one thing I'll say about Australian Survivor, even last season, you always look forward to the next episode. Mm-hmm. You always want to see what's going to happen next. Absolutely. I, I mean, I'll just say uh, before we get into any points that we miss, and I'm interested here if there's any topics you guys want to cover before we start to wrap up here. Um, I think Jordy's in a very interesting or interesting position. I think he, <laughs> I think he might be running the villains tribe a little bit. And at first week one, I was like, um, it, it's, it's Shawnee. Shawnee is running this this tribe with Liz. That duo is very dangerous, and I still think they are. But Jordy just has the capability to play both sides in a way that he can kind of manage it. And he's just, I, I don't know, he's just so good when it comes to the strategic side of the game. I mean, do you guys believe that he's in as great as a position as I believe he's in? I don't know how you feel, but he is boring. Oh, no. Man, he was a big personality no. last season. He was the Joker last. Are we watching the same show, Abraham? He just be walking around, chit-chatting. <gasps> the Joker has such a big personality last season when he played Survivor. This season, I'm like, who is this guy? He's going up we're to all, King George. He's we're only six episodes in. Firstly, only six episodes in. And I feel like he became a huge like character near the end but also i feel like he just has this such like lightheartedness to him that it's hard to like take his if i were a player out there playing with him it would be hard to take his strategic likeness seriously in the best way possible like i feel like he's playing up his like lighthearted i'm a funny guy i'm a whatever i think he's trying to tone down his like like wild side a little bit because I, I thought he was like going to be the Joker. 
He's Jordy. He, he, you, you got never, Jordy right have now. Have you never seen a Batman movie? It takes the Joker time. The Joker's yeah. going to flip a switch at some point. He's got to well, build his castle before he can burn it down. At the current episodes, we got Jordy playing the game of Survivor. I'm waiting for the Joker to show up. Oh, my gosh. You are going to hear it in the comments for that, my friend. I'm telling you. But is there is there you know, we're not perfect and we have all these notes, but sometimes I can glaze over something. So uh, I'll start with tag with and then go to Abraham here. So is there any points that you guys want to add this week? Any player you want to shout out that we didn't really give any love to in this episode or anything on your mind? Well, the one thing I do want to say was my friend Julie pointed this out to me and I thought it was really great. I um, had been on my mind was thinking about in American Survivor, the uh, family visits and how much I miss them. Um, And my friend Julie texted me and she said, like, um, you know, I, I think that you were talking about how you miss family visits. I think this is such a great thing that they did in Australian Survivor. And what she was talking about were those picture frames. Um, because not only did it come with the house building kit, you know, and what makes a house a home, like a family and the people that you love, right? And so the fact that they get to hang these photos up, they get to talk about the people that are in these li- in their lives, and the editors and the producers showed it to us. They showed almost everybody, I think, it, talking it about awesome, their loved ones. Yeah. I got teary-eyed. I loved hearing about everybody. Nina talking about Sandra. Like, all of that amazing stuff. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was such a great reward to get. Um, because letters are so insular. Like, you read them and you share them, right? But photos are like a show and tell that you bring to a class. And it's a whole fun little thing. I thought it was such a great reward. I think this is something that they should do more often in Survivor. Just kind of like tug on our heartstrings, bring that in. I loved it so, so much. And I just I mean, kind of wanted to talk about it a little bit. I'm happy you brought that up. Cause I, I do. I remember like 10 minutes ago, I'm like, don't forget to bring it up. And I did. Um, but I will say what I really loved about that is what you said. We, I pretty sure heard from everybody. And that's something we don't see a lot of time in the hour long episodes is we hear from two people two or three people. I think mm. if you do something like that, it, it was a beautiful moment. If you can't do family visits, then that's like the next best thing, either that or videos. Um, But if that happens, I want to hear from everyone. I don't want to see the shortened down segment. I want to hear everybody describe their family, even if it's how Australia did it, which is, you know, some people got longer segments where we actually heard them hear them tell the story Whereas other people like Nina just got, she got a couple seconds where she's like, that's my mom. You might know her. And then it skips to someone else. You can still do that. But just to at least hear from everyone is, is really a, a breathtaking moment kind of to watch. I got teary eye when uh, Sean was held oh, up no. in his picture with his family and he had the kid laying on him. Um, it, that's oh, kind of what broke mode. me. Yeah. Dad mode activated. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, Survivor is, is a tough game to play physically and emotionally. And I think they're out there how many days now? Day 19? No, day 13. So you've been out there for 13 days, sleeping in the weather, and you don't have anything from home. So by this time right here, you're not only playing against other players, you're playing against yourself because mm-hmm. your your mind constantly goes home. You know, so when you're out there, you're saying, okay, I need to stay focused on what I'm supposed to be doing, but it's hard. So when they bring those pictures in, or even when they bring those letters in or videos in, you always see the emotional side of someone uh, because you miss home by this time. You know, even the rewards are cool. I don't agree with sugar as a reward because it's a killer. It's a killer. Tegra, oh, I'm fine on, with when it. you go on Survivor, don't eat that chocolate cake. It's going to kill you. I will not. It's going to kill you. 
Avoid it like a plague. Yeah, avoid it like a plague. With, you will eat it. Come on. If you're oh, out you're there gonna starving. You're going you're gonna to starve, but you're going to eat the cake. But it, sugar, is it's going to hurt. It's, I understand what I'm going to say. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Um, but I, I think the way they're putting it together does make the audience want to come back and continue to watch Survivor. Root for the players like King George. If you ever get a chance to meet King George in person, it, it's just... It's just wild to see him play the game of Survivor because he will give you the shirt off of his back. And he was, he literally was sick. I think he had a sinus infection, but that guy was still running and moving. And um, it's just, it's just great to see him. Nina is my winner pick. I don't know who everybody else's winner pick is. I understand what Brianna's saying as far as a two time winner and they'd be great for the series. Uh, But I would love to see winner. A winner, uh, Nina, get her just due because they didn't let her on U.S. Survivor. So go take it from Australia. Uh, Abraham, anything else you want to add before we do get into the closing statements here? No, no. I mean, it's it's been a blast. Uh, I've enjoyed it. I got we covered the notes. Um, you know, I love a good challenge. I love a challenge where you got to go put your work clothes on and get to working. And, <laughs> and you have to in all of them. Yeah, they 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 do some good challenges. So, um, but I love the last one. I love the I love the use of sign language because it brought in the relationships that you have outside in the camp. So I love that that we're seeing a little more camp life some kind of way. So I love that. So seeing the players, but I'm looking forward to see what's happening next. Uh, just some housekeeping things before we really wrap up here. If you enjoyed the video today, make sure to hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. We just got to 200. We're at like 203 right now. So we just hit it today. Thank you guys so much for the support as we continue to grow. And we we love providing you guys with content. And, you know, we're trying to get on the exit interview bus for Survivor US. It's the most difficult out of the three. We're trying to collect all the infinity stones here. So <laughs> wish us luck. If you are listening to this on Spotify, make sure to rate the podcast. Don't really care what you rate it, but it does help us get out there. Um, and then make sure to follow along as well. Preferably five out of five, if you would like. Um, other than that, uh, season 44 is on its way. Yes, it is coming up super fast. We are less than a month away. I was just thinking about that three days ago. I was like, oh, man, we're here. We're doing our Survivor Australia thing. Oh, shoot. I need to schedule the cast assessment for 44. Um, that is on its way up. Uh, Valentine's day is next week. So for all of you in a relationship, happy Valentine's day to you. And even you single people, you know, we need Valentine's day too. Uh, so we're, we're going to let that kind of settle. And I believe the week after Valentine's day, we'll get something going where we come on and give our winner picks. If you've never joined us for a cast assessment, they are super fun just to see where we predict people just based off their photos and then see how wrong we are at the end of the season, <laughs> which leads me actually one other thing. There is some more merch coming. So if you guys want to pick up, uh, Abraham doesn't have it on today, but he had his shirt on during the Sarah interview. If you want to pick up survivor now merch, uh, make sure to go over to our Instagram at survivor now podcast. And all the information will be there when we release some more. If you want to rep us out in public, we really do appreciate it. Um, and then it comes to a new segment that I want to start doing every week. Abraham, I know you have the paper there. So really fast, we lost Rogue this week. We lost Sarah. Play the sad music. We're sad to see you guys go. Where did we predict them? Let's see. how. <laughs> okay, so the prediction, we'll go back to Rogue. 
Uh, I had her predicted to be voted out at second. Randy, you had her predicted to be voted out at fifth. Tegwith, you had her voted out at second. We were tied on that one. Okay, so um, I was the the closer one there, mm -hmm. but that was still we had her going early on. We had her only going on early on. Number five, and then Sarah. Yeah, Sarah was still a mystery. She shouldn't have been in this, but Sarah, you are in this. And I'm flipping my piece of paper like I've never seen it before. And I know it's my own. So, oh, here we go. <laughs> um, Sarah, the only person, Randy, you had her at 15. So you had her making the, making the merge. Uh, no, no, pre-merge. I'm sorry. You had her making a uh, pre-merge. Ted, with you had her at six. So you're the closest. I had her at Oh, three. no. I had her coming in sixth place. Like, coming in sixth place. I oh, had I her. Had I had her. I had we her. all did. We all did bad. Oh, yeah. well, I was the closest <laughs> again. Really Point for Randy again. <laughs> um, but no, thank you guys so much for Split tuning in now. today. Uh, Abraham Tegwith, any other things you want to say to the audience before we tune off here? Uh, if, go out to a Survivor watch party. Enjoy yourself. Go hang out with other Survivors. I mean, you'll probably see Tegwith at one of them. I I'll see, try I, to be. I will see Tedworth at a watch party this season, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Meet up. So thank you guys again, and we'll catch you guys next week. Same time. Probably not, but eventually. <laughs> <laughs>